just hone in on that goodness of God. If, if you don't know what's going on, it's the presence of God in this place. It's the Spirit of God in this place. Every person in this place can leave here changed. It doesn't matter where you are in your walk with God. God can do something magnanimous and wonderful in your life tonight if you plug in to the Holy Ghost. If you need a healing, the healer is here. If you need to be lifted up, Jesus is here. something powerful going on in this place right now. There is something very powerful going on in this place right now. If you need a miracle, the miracle worker is here tonight. Would you reach over and lay your hand on somebody next to you that doesn't live in your house? And begin to pray for them. You might not know what their need is, but God knows what their need is.
I believe I have a word from the Lord as the Lord spoke to me and said, My ways are above your ways. My thoughts are above your thoughts. Therefore, to reach my ways and to reach my thoughts, you must reach above your circumstance. Many of you are trying to approach me in your circumstance, but I say unto you, to reach my ways, to reach my thoughts, reach outside of your circumstance, reach up and see that I have made provision already for your circumstance. I have made provision already. My thoughts and my ways have loosed your answers, but do not seek your answers within your circumstance. Reach where I am above. Reach where I've spoken above. And reach where I have provided above. You will find me there, saith the Lord of hosts. Come on, let's reach. Come on, let's reach. Would everybody in this place lift up your hands and begin to worship and reach? I wish you could see what I see right now. I see stuff coming down from heaven right now. I can't make out what it is, but I know it's something glorious right now.
Oh, let the Lord minister to you tonight. Let the Lord minister to your need tonight.
Why don't we all go ahead and clap our hands unto the Lord for what he's done in this time. Why don't we all thank him for what he's done in this time? He's been excellent as he always is. Hallelujah. Let's all lift our hands and just worship the Lord. Hallelujah. He's doing a work in this place right now. God spoke to us. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's just lift our hands and love him right now. Hallelujah. Mighty God. Mighty God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus, God, we love you, we worship you, we praise you, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah, what a precious move of the Holy Ghost. I believe somebody got an answer here tonight. I believe somebody heard from God tonight. Amen. So thankful that God still comes down and touches us and speaks to us. Amen. God does great things. He is moving us into that direction. He's moving us in to draw closer to him, to hear his voice. I believe that tonight, God has spoke to this church. As we're all standing, I'm going to bring Brother Alexander to this pulpit. I want to hear from God, amen. God bless you. Keep clapping your hands to Jesus. Lift up your voice and say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for showing yourself strong. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for sending down the rain to permeate our hearts, Lord. Thank you for giving us the strength and the courage to till the ground, Lord. Thank you for letting these seeds of faith grow inside today, God. Thank you for letting them bud out on top of the soil of our hearts, God. I pray right now, Jesus, you continue to send down that rain, Lord. You continue to build our faith in this house, Jesus. You continue to answer prayers and give us the confidence and the boldness to lift up our voice and bring them to you boldly and plainly, Jesus, we need you right here and right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You can be seated. I believe that what we're experiencing is a move in the garden of our own personal lives and corporately as a church. What we are experiencing is what Jesus went through in Gethsemane when he was laying himself down. And he says, Father, not my will, but yours. He didn't pray just one time. He didn't pray twice. He prayed three times, meaning he's not going to stop, and we can't stop. If there's something we need from God, we can't just give it a little, Lord, I need it right now, and leave it alone. We're going to have to seek after it. We're going to have to get to the altar. We're going to have to grab a hold of the horns. We're going to have to keep lifting our voice. Not once, not twice. People around us might be asleep. People around us might not believe. People around us might be selling us out, betraying us, looking for something better. It ain't coming, honey. What's coming is Jesus, and he's coming for those that are calling out to him. He's coming out for those that are remaining. He's coming out for those that have been planted in good ground. He's coming for those that know his name. He's coming for those that aren't ashamed. He's coming for those that aren't embarrassed. He's coming for those that know who he is, that are watching, that are looking up onto the hills, that are awaiting his return. Hallelujah.
Hallelujah. His name is Jesus, and he's not done in this building tonight. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Here to tell you tonight, God is looking for good ground. And I believe he's found good ground in a lot of the lives in this building tonight. Hallelujah. If you know anything about farming, anything about gardening, anything about planting, what we've experienced here in Las Vegas the last few days is not the time to go put a seed in the ground. But what it is time is to get your rakes, get your hose, get your shovels, get every tool you can while the ground is wet and you start to pull up those weeds because they're not hard to pluck out right now. You get rid of that sin. Anything you got in your life that you know doesn't need, you. I'm in the Holy Ghost. Whatever you got in your life, you need to get it out tonight. Right here and right now. And you need to let the seeds of faith permeate that ground and the moisture that's coming up from the glory that we've been giving God that's coming back down is going to take those seeds. It's going to break those shells. The nodes are going to start to pop up and there's going to be some fruit in your life if you receive that. Hallelujah. I'm talking tonight about we need to understand the garden experience that's available to us every single day of our life. It was the garden where man was first placed, but it didn't happen overnight. It was a God with infinite knowledge, infinite understanding, with divine preparation and planning that went through stages. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to divide the firm. I'm going to put the water. I'm going to get the hurt, the humidity right. I'm going to get everything right. I'm going to get the trees right. I'm going to send the water up. There wasn't rain, but I'm going to water from the bottom. Then those trees are going to clean the air so that we could breathe. And then he picked up some of that dirt that had got that moisture. That it got that coming up. He picked it up and he formed man and he placed him by design in the garden. Not by happenstance. Not by two things colliding and all of a sudden here it is. It was preparation. With a God that knows what he's doing and he hasn't changed. He still knows what he's doing tonight. God knows what he's doing. He knows where you're at. He knows the plans he has for you. He knows your name. He knows the hairs on your head. He knows his thoughts, and he knows your thoughts. He knows the intents of our hearts, and he did it all for his glory and his name's sake. Hallelujah. Genesis 2, verse number 4. We're in the garden right now. The Bible says... These are the generations of the heavens and of the earth when they were created. In the day that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens and every plant of the field before it was in the earth and every herb of the field before it grew, for the Lord God had not caused it to rain upon the earth and there was not a man to till the ground. God did it. There wasn't a man to till the ground. We need to work the dirt, okay? There wasn't a man up until that point tilling the ground. God was doing it. But he set Adam in the midst of that garden to till the ground, to work the dirt, to use his hands, to exert energy, to toil, to understand the process, to really see what it takes to work on something. Hear what I'm saying. But there went up a mist from the earth, and it watered the whole face of the ground. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, meaning to say he planted a hedge and directed it towards Eden, a pleasant place. That's what it means, a pleasant place. How many of you in this building want to be in a pleasant place? How many of you take pride in your home and you clean it up? You put a plug-in in the wall. You spray some air freshener. You put some paint on there. You vacuum the carpet. You throw some carpet powder down, ladies. You put a candle in the room. You make sure you get the trash out so it's a nice, pleasant aroma in the house. You feel good about the way it looks. You walk in the house. We don't got lawns here, but we got rocks. You see a little bit of weed growing out. You pluck it. Why? Because it's pleasant to your eyes to look and take pride in the place that you live, the place where you're at, at least you should. Because God took pride in the place he created because he put Adam in there to take care of it. Hear what I'm saying to you tonight. This happened by design. 
It wasn't by accident. It wasn't just some abstract idea. It was by design. And we're here by design with a purpose. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And out of the ground made the Lord to grow every tree that's pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life and also in the midst of the garden, the tree of knowledge and of good and evil. And a river went out of Eden to water the garden. See, God planned for the river to water the garden beforehand. He planned for the water under to water the trees beforehand. Now in our life, if we're going to want to plant a garden in our yard, we're going to have to go get some egg crates. We're going to have to get the seeds and some paper towels. We're going to have to mist them. We're going to have to put them in a Ziploc bag, put them in the windowsill, let it begin to pop up, let the shell begin to crack, let it start to pop out. We're going to have to take some tweezers, pick that seed up, put it in the soil inside some bat dung, inside an egg crate, keep it closed, let it start to grow up. Then we got to take that pod scissors, transfer it over, let it keep growing, get it in front of the sun. We got to make sure bugs ain't coming around, make sure all the other elements are getting to it because it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of planning. It takes a lot of preparation, dedication, knowledge, understanding, and wisdom to grow up a garden. And parents, we are growing up children. Our home is a garden. Hallelujah. These children are precious seeds. You say, brother, why are you so rough and so protective of your kids? How many of you got a garden that you just let those hornworms come in there and tear up your tomatoes and your peppers? You ain't putting no basil in that garden. It's your fault if the, if the hornworms come and eat up your crop, not mine. I'm going to watch over my family. That's my obligation. Because he put Adam in the garden to serve and protect. To serve and protect is what he put him there for. It's not just the LAPD slogan. It's God's design for man to serve God and protect what God ordained for him to have rule, watch, dominion, and authority over. We know the scripture so well. Adam, where art thou? Adam wasn't cuffed up with Eve at that time. And we know that it was in the garden. It's a fascinating story. It must have been beautiful. God himself designed it. It's a place where there was plenty, a place where there was harmony, a place where there was balance, there was peace. There was tranquility, a place where God came down and talked with man, a place where man talked with God, a place where God tells man what he expects and also what he'll reject, a place where man, woman, and God had communion, dialogue, a place of fellowship. A place there was lack of nothing, a place that was ideal, a place fit for a king, a place we can only imagine, a place that once was the garden. It was the garden where man was placed, and God designed and prepared that habitation for Adam to dress it and to keep it, Genesis 2 and 15. God first ordained that man walk around that garden and name things and take care of things and watch over things and be there. And God prepared it by planting the trees. He put rivers about it. And it's not by happenstance that the name of the rivers are signify what they did and what we are doing having that living water flow through us because the name of that first river was Pison. And what that meant was to spread, to be scattered. And I know certainly that God did it for such a time as this that we can draw from that river, draw from the design, the way he names things, titles, and people, and he's orchestrated, designed the glorious message of hope, death, burial, resurrection, regeneration, restoration through the cross, and a relationship through his people, for his people, by him, for him, that it was spread to the uttermost parts of the earth by design, by design. It started in the garden. When I think of the gardens I've had and the gardens I've seen, I picture in my mind quickly a finished product. I picture the completed garden. I picture beautiful flowers, aromatic herbs, pungent fruit. But if I draw further, I can revisit the germination process. I can see again wet paper towels. 
I could see milk crates and window sills. I could see long scissors out of a microscope kit from my biology class. I can see the fish guts and all the bones in the backyard. I can see all the bell peppers and all the cilantro and the onions. I can see all the meat and everything else thrown into that dirt to fertilize it so that when we go in the backyard and we plant something, it was going to grow because I know what good dirt looks like. I know what good dirt feels like. I didn't come from Las Vegas and rocks and caliche. I came from the San Fernando Valley where the soil is rich. A place where the Spanish missionaries walked across from Mexico to develop the mission and develop orange groves, tomato fields, avocados, and they're still there to this day and ain't nothing better than a real one that has not been controlled. You'd hear what I'm saying to you today. Because if you can control the seeds... You control the food, you control the population, and it's the same with dissemination of food and this word of God that we have that we better hold dearly, church. Hallelujah. I'm talking about a garden. And I know I get on a roller coaster of emotions, thinking about what once was, thinking about what could be, but more of a burden on what really is. You see, I'm talking about a garden. And make no mistake, to have an effective garden, several things must be considered. Your geographic location, the climate, the soil, the water, your budget, the insecticides, your experience. You got to know what you want to harvest. You got to have time, patience, etc., 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 etc. And to have a garden, it takes a plan, a dream, a vision, a goal, a purpose, a made-up committed mind to have a garden. And can I tell you, Jesus Christ had a made-up mind. He had a committed spirit when he was in that garden and he was praying and he said, not by will, but thy will be done. He said, you ain't can to stand up here and work with me and toil one more hour. Can you just lift up your voice one more time without falling asleep on me? I'm glad that God had a plan and a purpose, a design, a goal, an objective for my life. Because the school district looked at me and said, he's nothing. But I skipped grades. He ain't never going to be nothing. But here I am today. You might have somebody in your life telling you you ain't nothing. You better get in the word and see what God says. I know the thoughts that I have towards you. Thoughts of peace. An expected end. Not a place of, I'm going to be locked up forever. I'm just going to be an alcoholic. I'm going to be a dope fiend. I'm going to be a whoremonger. I'm never going to have a job. I'm just a drunk. My daddy was a drunk. My mama was a drunk. And I ain't never going to be nothing. That's a lie from the pit of hell. We were created in the image and the likeness of God to be a reflection of God. And if we can get into the garden and tap out and say, not my will, nevertheless, at thy word, Lord, have your way in me, O Lord. Have your way in me. I'm not what the world says. I'm what you say, Jesus. I'm a child of the king. I'm a seed that's going to turn into a plant. And that plant's going to turn into a tree. And if I'm planted by the living water, Everything I do is going to prosper And my leaves ain't never going to wither away Hallelujah, glory to God the Father Jesus, we love you in this house Magnify his name We got to work the dirt I can tell you God's not slack concerning his promise. If God told you he's going to do it, Brother Williams, he's going to do it. He's going to do it. If I was to go take an orange and grab that seed, that seed ain't going to give me a tree today of fruit that's going to reproduce with those seeds. It takes 10 to 30 years for an orange to develop and mature to be able to have a seed that can grow another tree. Sometimes we just got to wait. And wait doesn't mean sit on our hands. It means serve. Serve. 
Be willing and available to do whatever is necessary to get the job done so the kingdom progresses and the name of Jesus spreads across the earth. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God's word isn't coming back void, and he's been planting seeds in each one of us over a lifetime up until this point. And what we experienced tonight during the time of worship was that water from heaven coming down. It was moisturizing us. It was blowing away all the dirt, the debris, the muck, and the mire that's trying to build up all that crazy wind that came through the past couple of days. You better think more than just what you see. You better think that you know you was praying, and God came in to blow all that junk out of our lives to give us a clean spot so that when the seed comes, it can get into that wet ground. And when the sun comes out in the morning, the seeds are going to grow up and sprout and turn into a viable substance that we can eat on hallelujah imagine working the soil your crop gets demolished by crows and locusts and aphids and ravens and the smugglers that are running across the town they come through and they tear up everything and all you got's one ear of corn and you got a wife you got three kids you got a mother-in-law, a sister. You got a dad, a mom. You got 280-something people in the church, and you got one ear of corn. You say, man, I'm hungry. I want to eat this corn. Nobody knows I got this corn. I'm just put this off in the cup for a minute. I'm going to hide it. Imagine you got your little vinegar and you start soaking off leaves of other stuff to try to chew on it. And you're thinking, man, I'm going to eat this corn. Man, I wish people would leave me alone and I could just go get this corn and be in private. But then God starts dealing with you. So I say, man, if I got this corn and I let this corn dry out, I got a lot of seeds. I got a lot of potential in this corn cob right here. How about I just hang this joint upside down and let it cure? How about I don't tell anybody I got it so I don't put it on them where they're going to want to come and take it and eat it? How about I just take this truth that God gave me and I put it away and I put it in my prayer closet and I let it dry out and I keep going and I keep checking on these seeds. I keep coming and making sure ain't no mold getting on it. I make sure that it's got the right ventilation so I can cure it. And when I get these seeds out of this corn cob, I'm going to go up and I'm going to go plant them. And I ain't telling nobody. Imagine if that's you. And you go and you plant these seeds and you go to harvest them and only one corn cob comes. You wasted 60 to 90 days, so you think. But you say, you know what, God? You taught me something there. You let me lay myself down for the saving of the people. And you go grab another cob. And you come back. And your wife says, honey, where are you always going? Have a talk with Jesus. Where are you always going, Daddy i got to go spend some time with Jesus. i got to go be alone, baby. It's something you just don't understand right now. But one day, it's all going to make sense. And you go plant these corn cobs. You plant the seeds. And it's not just one this time. It's 12. Rows of 12. And you're looking and you're saying, Abby and George, you're going to get some corn. You don't know, but you're about to get blessed. Hunter, you don't know it, but you're about to be blessed. Leon, you don't know it, but you're about to be blessed. Brother Hernandez, you don't know it, but you're about to be blessed. And you're going back, and every day you got a pep in your step. You're like, oh, no, you ain't going to get me. I got water. And this wood over here that the enemy came in and took all my crop, I'm taking that and I'm building shelter. And that screen from the waves that came in and the wind that blew everything away, I'm going to block it out. And all these other sticks and stones came and tried to knock me down, but I'm covering my crop. I made buckets. I got water coming in. I'm using the conduit of the Holy Ghost that comes through me to feed these crops. I'm knowing what I'm going to get. And when that harvest comes, then everybody's going to eat. But we got to understand this principle because it's what Jesus told his disciples when he went into the garden. He said, John... I'm about to get set up right now, dog. They're coming to get me. They're coming to get me. But this corn of wheat must die. Nevertheless, Lord, but thy will be done. 
as Brother Swink comes to this music. I wonder how many of us in here know this truth to be so self-evident. Know that this truth has liberated us. Know that this truth has set us free. I wonder how many of you are a corn cob, a potential. Corn's really sweet when it's fresh off the cob and you peel it back. It's really sweet. Turn that joint into fuel. Or you could turn it into shelter. You see, a lot of us might not think of ourselves as being anything. That's a lie from hell. You're God's hand on this earth. You're God's voice on this earth. You're here to water. You're here to plant. You're here to till. You're here to take authority. You're here to take dominion. You're here to help provide for others that have not. You're here to give to those that need. Why? Because Jesus laid down his life, not on the cross, folks, in the garden. In the garden. Just imagine all the thought beforehand. When Adam sinned, there was preparation made. Yeah, he would surely die if he ate off the tree. But what'd he do? Tried to cover himself with something off a tree. Wasn't good enough. God came down and had to cover him just a little bit more and shed that blood. We all know we need covering in our lives. Plants need covering. Animals need covering. And so does our sin need covering with that blood of Jesus. And he made that provision and he had this garden of Gethsemane that he went into. It was the olive press. I don't find it ironic. I find it fascinating, amazing, and breathtaking. That the Holy Ghost is synonymous with that holy olive oil that gives us the healing balm, that gives us light when it's lit, that soothes dry, parched, and cracked skin. It's so precious. And it just so happened that Jesus, the spotless, sinless Lamb of God, decided to lay down his life in a garden, in a press, and kept pressing on and pressing on and pressing on. And he said, can't you just press with me one more hour? Can't you just lift up your voice one more time? Can't you just call out to God one more time and say, Jesus, I'm sorry. I'm a man of unclean lips. Forgive me. The physical pain must not have been fun. But the anxiety of not knowing what it was going to feel like and knowing you could avoid it must have been brain-wracking and tremendous because the blood tears that fell onto that ground. Oh, hear me today. That was work. As we stand to our feet, I want to ask you tonight, have you prepared your ground to receive? If you haven't, these altars are open for you to come till your hard hearts. Because that living water and the power of God is in this building tonight. Do you got a place set aside to plant that seed of faith? Do you have the tools? Do you know what you want? You're going to have to speak faith. God's looking for good ground in this building tonight. The rain is coming. Can we all make our way forward to this altar and lift up our hands? Can we all step forward and say, Jesus, turn me into what you want me to be, God. Let me bear fruit, Jesus. God, I give you my life tonight, Jesus. I'm sorry for anything I've said and done that causes offense to you, Lord. Anything I've done, Lord, I'm sorry. Forgive me, Jesus. Lord, fill me with your spirit tonight, God, and make me whole. Make me right, Jesus.
speak faith in this building and say, Lord, I need you. I'm sorry, God. I love you. Heal me, Jesus. Lift your voice as we sing unto the Lord and worship him in spirit and in truth.
Hallelujah. Let's lift our hands and love him right now. Let's lift our hands and love him. God, we love you, Jesus. We pray. Hallelujah. The Bible said, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, the Bible said. He saw every one of you here tonight. That's why he endured the cross. If you want to make God happy, look outside yourself and look to him. Don't be confined by your circumstances. But make sure you give everything to him. He will hear your prayer. He will answer them. Just make sure that you always give him preeminence in your life. Amen. Amen. Let's remember Pastor and Sister Blizzard. They're coming back this week. Let's remember all the prayer requests that we had. Let's pray for those families. I believe that God is getting us ready. He's getting us ready to meet people's needs at the point of their needs. Amen. We have to just make sure that we stay in relationship with Jesus Christ. Everybody say amen. God bless you. Sister Tanya's back there. The ushers are back there. Uh, for your tithe and offering, make sure that you give tonight. But uh, thank you, Brother Amy, for talking to our hearts. God talked to us. Amen. Some of you already told me you knew that God was talking to you tonight when he spoke to us. Amen. So God's doing the work. Let him keep working. God bless you. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. Amen. Make sure you give.